When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in everyone to another episode of Catfish on Ice. We all got our heads down a little bit here because uh, the Preds, they are currently on a losing streak. We've lost two in a row. Just lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets. In five rounds shootout. of shootout, it's never fun to lose in the shootout. It's definitely not fun when you it goes five rounds. Uh, David Riddick, David Riddick did what he could. He gave up two goals in the first six shots that the Columbus threw at him. Uh, the Preds they looked rusty coming out. Let's let you know what we got in store for you here on episode ninety-two before we fully break down what we just watched. <laughs> The Preds just lost in a shootout to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get into that and fully break down that game for you, let's let you know what we got in store for you. Again, this is episode 92 of Catfish on Ice presented by DraftKings. We're part of the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is your host, Chad Mitten, with co-host Rich Howe. Rich, how is your week going as we get ready for the new year? It's about to be 2022 going good i don't like this little losing streak though that's it's, it's not a good way to go into the new year is it no no not at all All right but fair Don't enough mean, we will deal with know. it at least they got a point right they did get a point they did and they had to work for it all right so we're gonna about to give you live game reaction instant reaction to to this game that we watched we've also got to do our battle for the central power rankings we have not done those in a oh, while yeah. So I'm sure we're going to have some really fresh rankings for you as we rank the Central Division. So we're going to do that. We want to do Clutch Performers of the Week. I think we can come up with three. I think we can come up with three on the fly. We'll have fun with it. We'll do some Clutch Performers of the Week. Uh, That's a new segment that we we started doing on Thursdays, and we are going to do that tonight on the fly. We'll come up with it. We'll figure it out. And uh, Rich is like, ooh, I wasn't ready for that. Hey, you got to be ready, man. Hey, we'll you got hey, you got to be ready. You got to be on your toes, man. I know. We'll also, of course, we're gonna we're gonna quickly react in our quick hitters to the World Juniors being canceled. That's a very unfortunate thing. We'll t- we'll yep. get into that. And on that, we got a very special guest lined up for you to round out tonight's episode. Oh, yeah. You're gonna get smarter tonight, everybody. Just be ready for it. You got to listen to this entire episode. You might not get smarter listening listening to me and Rich, but guess nope. who you're going to get smarter from? We have Eric Denay coming back to the podcast. He's been on before. He was back on. He was on in like August, way before no, the season right. started. He's joined. He was kind enough to come back to the podcast and really get us caught up on Preds prospects. He is part of On the Future, part of SB Nation. He is the best follow you can find 
to get caught up on all the Preds prospects. So he is going to join us at the very end of this episode. you got to download the episode the next day to hear this interview, so stay tuned for that. Uh, so that's what we got in store for you for episode 92. Yep. Let's get into it, Rich. So the Preds lose 4-3 to in a shootout. It went five rounds against a team that they have historically dominated. I'm talking histor- – when I say historically, I mean like seriously – the Preds have always dominated the Columbus Blue Jackets. No matter how good the Blue Jackets are, the Preds have always found ways to dominate this franchise. But tonight, i got to tip my cap. The Blue Jackets, they came to play. They didn't mess around. They got to David Riddick early in the game. Rich, fill us in. How did this game get going? And do you think the Preds are really suffering from their 11-day break due to the uh, – NHL pause that they had to go through. Do you really think the Preds are kind of suffering from a lot of rust? You really saw this. You really saw the first period tonight. Give us your takeaways. How did it look, man? Well, this Lindsay is in in here with us. She says this is, sums it up. I know this break was going to hurt the Preds after seven game winning streak. Absolutely, um, that's what we. That's what they're running into. Um, they don't have Roman Yossi. That is a huge, huge loss. You can plug the hole with as many people as you want, but that's not going to get, it's, it's you're not going to rich. You are, we are not going to replace Roman Yossi. I said yep. that going into this. When I found that out, I was like, yep. I was into like, that, yeah. yeah, it's, it's bad. And well, it's not all bad. I mean, but it's, it's not good. And and the same with Colton Sissons. Um, mm-hmm. That's another hole. That's going to be tough to fill. Even even Tommy Novak, I mean, the way he plays, you know, he, he's doing really well uh, as well. But tonight, um, better first period than they had against the Capitals, that's for sure. Um, they had 12 shots on goal. Uh, Columbus only had six. Uh, Michael McCarron scored his first goal huh. as a predator. And Matt Luff got an assist. <laughs> and Matt Luff got an assist. Yeah, that's true. And it was it was a really nice goal. Uh, it looked great. Um good to get them on the board early but then uh riddick got um bit by a redirect there wasn't any anything he could really do you hate to see those goals you do and you i hate them i hate it for him uh, i mean it's, there's nothing you can do about it that he couldn't have stopped it so yeah i mean i don't know they they just look a little they do look a little rusty they they look better tonight obviously of course it's not there's a big difference between the blue jackets and the capitals but um I think I think the break did hurt him, and then not having Yossi and Sissons and Novak, I, I think you can you can see there's chinks in the armor. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you know, other than that, the, the game so went pretty well. Until let's the- talk about this. Let's talk about this, Rich. So first of all, I didn't get to see a lot of the first period because I was stuck in the glorious Nashville traffic. You know what, Rich? You would think that during a holiday week when nobody's working. That my my uh, work commute out of Nashville would be like you know not that bad you know like a few cars here and there oh no yeah Nashville traffic does not take a break and so unfortunately I had to lean on my very trusted uh, co-host Rich Howe to really break down the first period for me uh, but it sounds to me like the Preds actually did respond from. Uh, they're, they're really bad first period against the Capitals, even though it is against the Blue Jackets, which I, let me say something about this. Even though the Preds have 
historically dominated the Blue Jackets. They're not a pushover in the Eastern no. Conference. Like they they are a viable playoff contender, I would say. Are they going to win a cup? No. But they are a decent team. And so it was nice to see that the Preds responded with a much better first period. They preached that. They talked about that. They said after the game against the Capitals uh, that they had to have a much better first period, and they did that. And yeah. so they get they get a point tonight. I want to touch on David Riddick for a second. Yeah. He he got off to a rough start. Like you said, that first goal definitely wasn't his fault. Just horrible luck. David Riddick has had horrible luck in his entire Nashville Predators yeah. stint so far. And so I hate it for David Riddick because he's a really solid guy. And he does step up and make good saves in a lot of occasions as a backup goaltender. And what do you know? He did it tonight. He yeah. really really came came for 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 the clutch time yeah. that that we yeah. needed him for tonight in the third period the blue jackets were really putting it on the preds they really were they ended up getting the tying goal uh but they kept pressuring and then in that overtime what i witnessed yeah david riddick had to be solid he had to earn that nickname of Big save, Dave. And I'm talking about a really big save he made before it went to the shootout where he had to dive forward Mm -hmm. out of the crease to make a save. And he did it. I thought it was going to be a goal for sure. It ended up making it to the the shootout. And David Riddick made some really good saves in the shootout as well. Uh, So uh, stick taps for David Riddick. It was not his fault tonight that the Prez lost this game. At all, I know he gave up three goals, but three goals in this league is not that bad at all, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's just no. one of those games where, you know, sometimes it doesn't break your way. But I think this is a building block game for David Riddick in yeah. his next start, whenever that happens. I agree. Um, in the in the uh, overtime, he fought off a. There was a, a Matt Duchesne got called for a penalty. Oh. that put them at a, a four on three, and uh, he. Uh, the Blue Jackets, they had some pretty good shots, and he he, fin- he fended them off. So, yeah, that's a tough situation to be in right there. So that was. Did you see how? Did you see how enraged Matt Duchesne was? I did. All right. So normally Matt Duchesne is a calm, cool, and collected customer. He is very chill. He's he's very locked in. He was beat red, as red as a cherry. He was. I mean, to the point where he was like literally trying to get at the official. I saw that too. And the other official whisked him away to the penalty box. Yeah. I mean, it was, he was so infuriated. And you know what? You love to see that out of a player like Matt Duchesne. What what did we hear about Matt Duchesne for so long? Yeah, soft. Um, Soft, didn't care. Uh, he, he, He takes plays off. He uh, he takes games off. He's not in it for the uh, for the team. Well, you know what? When you see him like that in that moment, that pretty much squashes all that. He looked so uh, just enraged. I saw raw emotion from Matt Duchesne. And let's not let not to mention not to mention Matt Duchesne put up. He played a very very critical role. 
Mike Twitter comes in here and says, loved that Matt Duchesne rage. I do too. Yep. Bottle that up. Bottle that up and carry it the rest of the season. So those two Preds goals, not the Michael McCarron goal, but the next two goals were all Matt Duchesne and his ice vision, his puck handling, his ability to read the ice and read the play. I'm not trying to take anything away from Nick Cousins because that Nick Cousins goal was so dirty. I mean, any any time you bank a shot off of the goaltender's back, that is straight dirty. That's a crime. Elvis Merzlikens gave him that stank eye. Of course he did. And, and, and you know how Cousins is. Cousins is such a cocky individual, mm-hmm. and he was going for that. Cousins was trying to score a goal that way. So yeah. all the credit to Cousins for that goal. But he was pretty. I mean, a weird angle, and he banks it off the goaltender's back. The only way that puck's going in is if he banks it off of his back. Yep. Oh, yeah. He was behind the net. So Yes. But, hey, but I'm still telling you, that was all because Matt Duchesne on both goals. Uh, what was the other goal? Who scored the other goal? Ryan Johansson. Uh, Ryan Johansson, yep. That's all a product of Matt Duchesne's ability to read the play. Ice vision. Ice vision, that's what it is. So, Matt Duchesne collects two assists tonight. He looked very engaged in the game all night. So, he's a big takeaway from this game. Again, the Preds do lose. They get a point. They lose in the shootout. Just one of those games where, hey, somebody has to win. I do tip my cap to Columbus. I think Columbus played a really good game. I think Elvis Merz-Lincolns played a really, really strong game in net. We know that Elvis Merz-Lincolns is a very underrated goaltender in this league. Yes. So sometimes, um, sometimes you got to tip your cap to the other yeah. team. He played well, and he was probably <clears throat> a little ticked off from the last time he met the Predators. Yep. When he got pulled in the first period, but um, I tip my he, cap. He's a great, he's a great goaltender. I mean, there's no he doubt. Is a, about that. And he has an awesome first name too. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty good. Elvis has left the building. <laughs> Elvis has left the building. I mean, it's too easy. It's points. too easy. Yep. With two points tonight. So anyway, yeah, it was, um, yeah, tough. Tough, but you can kind of see um, Duchesne getting back into form, and that's that's definitely something good that we want to see. A lot well, here's more. another thing. Here's another thing too, Rich, and I want to see if you agree with me on this. When you take out Roman Yossi, Colton Sissons, and Tommy Novak, who are all three of them are so vital to this team's seven-game winning streak that they built going into the break. You take them out of the fold, and then you add in players who were already missing time before the break. Before the break. So as great as Mikel Granlund is, as great as Ryan Johansson is, who scored a goal tonight, as great as those players are, Philip Tomasino got back in there, and he he got robbed by Merzlikens on a a point-blank opportunity tonight. As great as those players are, you're asking players to come in off the shelf cold in the middle of a season mm-hmm. it's the trade-off is very hard to overcome yeah and I'm not trying to make excuses for the predators but they they could have beat the capitals on Wednesday they could have despite despite opening the game down three nothing they could have stole two points in that game yeah. they didn't they ended up losing <clears throat> you can't fall behind three nothing. To a uh, who I think is still a cup contender. I think the Capitals could win a cup this year. 
They're yeah, that good. They're first in their division right now. Yes. So, so yeah. you can't fall behind three nothing. But they still could have won. They still could have gotten two points in that game. They could have. They could have. You follow up with the back to back without your team captain Roman Yossi. And <clears throat> again, sometimes you got to tip your cap to the other team that that just had the right bounces, found the right ways to win, and it goes to a shootout in five rounds. And you lose the game. You don't get the extra point. But the Preds battled. They got a point at least to take something with them. And now they got who? The Chicago Blackhawks next. So Saturday. I mean, Saturday yes. Afternoon. So <clears throat> let, let, let's just uh, let's move on. It always sucks to lose, but you yeah. know what? There, the, out of these two games, honestly, coming out of that break, that you can still feel pretty good about it. I feel pretty good about it. I do too. If they had laid down and not played well, then I would have been very upset. But <clears throat> to see them fight back in the Capitals game, down 3 nothing, the way they scored three goals in eight minutes, that just shows you their fight. And they don't give up. And I was I was actually expecting them to come out a little flat tonight because uh, that Capitals game was rough. I, I don't it was. Know. I mean, it was a lot of fighting. Um, Borbieski got put in the penalty box for 17 minutes. Um just it was a really tough game, so I expected them to be a little flat, but they weren't. I mean, they played really well. I mean, and like you said, it's just it came down to the shootout, and it just didn't happen. So, but mm-hmm. you know, move on to Chicago, or it's it's at home Saturday, and we'll see what happens. I think it'll be a good game. It should. Oh yeah, anytime you get with the, with the Chicago Blackhawks, it's always a good game. Yeah. So the way this game opened up, the Blue Jackets, yeah, they had two goals, but they only had like six shots on goal, so it was very misleading. Yeah, it was. The Preds were playing pretty decent defensively. They're doing some things, and Merzlikens was the difference maker early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, shot totals end up being 34-29 in favor of the Predators. Uh, Preds win the faceoff circle. They go perfect on the penalty kill, three for three. They also get a power play goal tonight. Yeah. They win the hits narrowly. Narrowly. They yeah. win the blocks. Uh, I mean, yeah. they 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 did everything you you could do to maybe win this game. Other than, I mean, you talk about that David Riddick goal, the first goal where it was a unfortunate uh, ricochet style goal. I mean, sometimes that's what beats you. Unfortunately, this game is like that. You know, sometimes it can happen that way. And then, of course, the Blue Jackets really put it on the Predators in that third period by putting up 12 shots on goal. And then they added another four shots on goal in that overtime period. So the Blue Jackets, they kind of woke up. They did. And really, so get, like that's why I'm saying tip your cap to the Blue Jackets. They they didn't fold, and they woke up as well yeah. uh, in this game. And that's what happens in this game yeah. sometimes. Sometimes you uh, yeah. just you play a great game, you can feel good about it, but you still yeah. come out with the loss. Yep, absolutely. The second goal that – Columbus scored. That was a little breakdown by the Predators. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Line scored. Um, yeah, snuck in and, and scored mm-hmm. that one, but little little laps. But overall, good. I mean, I thought they played well. Um, just didn't happen. Just didn't just didn't get it on the shootout. So And let's talk about one more thing. We cannot get past this reaction of this game without talking about Tanner Janot. Is he undefeated no. on fights this year? I don't think this dude's ever lost a fight. He is such a brute. He is Man. a br- brute. I, I say bulldog. My turn for him is bulldog. Yeah, he he is. just. He, I feel like 
Tanner Janot looks for it. He looks for an excuse. I think they all do. I think, they all do. It's, yeah, it, but Tanner Janot, man. Tanner Janot, this dude is like literally, give me a reason to want to clock you and I will do it. That's yeah. Tanner Janot. I can't remember the guy he was fighting, but um, <clears throat> he just he just had a hold of the guy's jersey and like the guy kind of fell down a little bit and Janot like picked him back up. And he <laughs> He's like, I'm not done out. with you. He came like way back here and just like Tanner Janot's like, hey, T- Tanner's like, I'm not done with you yet. Like, we're yeah, not I'm done gonna, with this. <clears throat> we're not finished. I got. I'm going to hit you one more time. So, um, yeah, just warning to people: don't don't linger around in front of the predator's net because uh, yeah. you're, you're going to get probably hit. So, I actually think that Tanner Janot is slowly and gradually building a league wide reputation yeah. to not mess with him. And mm-hmm. I know that sounds cliche. I know it sounds a little corny. But I'm telling you, word gets around. Yeah. Like, hey, this guy right here, let's just, like, let's maybe not. Because there are certain players in this league who don't want to get mixed up in all that. They're like, you know what, that's not my game. That's not my style. I'm not going to mess with that. And I'm telling you, in scouting reports, there's certain players eventually who are going to realize, yeah, I think I'm going to pass. On uh, going after Tanner Janot. It's a real thing. It really Not is. A idea. It's a really and there are other players who love it. They feast on it. They're like, that's why I play this game, is I want to fight. Yeah. I don't think Tanner Janot it should be put in that box, by the way, because Tanner Janot does have other skills to his game. He's not just a uh brute that brings no other value like yeah. some NHL enforcers are. He does bring he can score goals. He's last time I checked, he's fifth in the league in mm-hmm. rookies in points, and he's only that. ten points. He's only ten points behind the rookie phenom Lucas Raymond of the uh, Detroit Red Wings. So yep. obviously, Tanner Janot is not just a a a rugged player. All he wants to do is fight. That's what's so amazing about Tanner Janot is not only can he fight and not only will he put you down, but he will also score a big goal on you as well. Like you love it. He, I think the fighting for him is more reactionary. Like he, he take, like, I think that fight he got in was because the guy hit uh, Yakov Trennan and he just takes up for his teammates. He, he, does. he, doesn't, he, he doesn't look, look to fight. I don't think, but, but if you mess with, him, I don't know. Do I, don't know? Know. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think he looks to fight in a dirty way. I don't, 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 twi- I don't, don't take me wrong there. I don't yeah. think he's, yeah. I don't think oh, he's I a agree. dirty, I don't think Tanner Janot is a dirty player at all. Mm. Not even close, not no. even a shred. What I'm trying to say is you give him a reason. There you go. Then he, to make a statement in that area, he will do it. Whereas there's a lot of NHL players, that's not their style. Yeah. They're not going to get sucked into the uh, to the scrum unless they absolutely have to. I don't think Tanner Jano is not that. He he will no. get in it if he has to, and he's called no. upon. That's it my point. Take much. It doesn't yeah, that's much. my point. Yeah, it doesn't take much to get him to go after you. That's <sighs> yeah. So can we just go ahead and count our blessings that David Poyle protected him <laughs> in the expansion draft? Absolutely. I, I mean, think that's. Looking, I think that's. Weird I, at the time, but I think that's every Preds fans' Christmas gift from David Poyle is that he protected 
Tanner Janot in the expansion draft. Yeah. Smart. And also, we, we also got a gift from Seattle that they did not take Colton Sissons. Absolutely. I know you love That's you true. some Callie Yarncroke. I know you do. But that turned out to be a really good development for the Preds. That that they did not take Colton Sissons. Yeah, this season it sure did. Um, he's having a much better season than Cali Yarncroft. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, isn't that yeah. for sure? He, there, it's rough for, for him. But yeah, I really miss Sissons. Is like taking his place on the Predators for me. So I really like him a lot. All right. So not all is lost here. Even though the Preds lost, they got a point. They are at 40 points on the season, 19-11-2, and they are only one point out of first place. The St. Louis Blues actually overtook first place last night. So you got the Minnesota Wild, who are kind of on hiatus right now due to COVID pauses and postponements. So the Preds and the Wild are tied at 40 points, but the Wild have two games in hand. So you can't really buy into the – point totals right now because yeah. the games are not even. Look at Colorado. Colorado is the fourth place team. They've only played 27 games. Yeah, and they're Cuz they've been on the shelf. Yeah. So we can't buy into the point totals. It's nice to see the Preds are tied for second, but you know what? We got to look at the point percentages here. The Preds are a .625 point percentage. Yep. And guess what? The other three teams around them all have higher point percentages. The Blues, the Wild, and the Avalanche all have higher point percentages. So really, the realistic, fair place to put the Preds is they're a fourth-place team right now. Yeah. I'm really sorry that I just bursted everybody's bubble right now. But they're not a second-place team. They are a fourth-place team. It's true. We're not homers. I'm sorry. I know. I'm, I'm the Grinch. I'm the late nah. Christmas Grinch. Nah. If you All look right. at the goal, the goal differentials, too, is insane. Yeah. I mean, well, you look at the other three teams that are surrounding them, Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, they're all plus 20 or yeah. or higher in goal differential. The Preds are only plus seven. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. It's just totally different styles of play, that's for sure. All right. All right, so that's it. The Preds lose 4-3 in a shootout to the Blue Jackets. If they could have gotten that extra point, Rich, I'm sorry to rub salt in the wound, but if the Preds would have gotten that extra point, they'd be tied for first place officially right now. That would be awesome. But you know what? It's okay. It's okay. All is not lost. All is not lost. There is still no. 50 There is still 50 games left in this regular season for the Nashville Predators, so it'll be okay. Yep. Now, if they drop a couple more in a row, then we can maybe get a little worried. All right, Rich, we're about to have fun with this. Normally, on our Clutch Performers of the Week, we would like to uh, prep for this. But you know what? We're going on the fly tonight. This this should be fun for our listeners. We are we debuted a Clutch Performers of the Week segment right. way back how many episodes ago? It was last Thursday. No, it was the Thursday before. We didn't do it last Thursday because they weren't playing. That's right. You're right, and it was Christmas, wasn't it? Or was it, we didn't do an it was Chris it, we didn't do an episode the the week before Christmas. That's right. All right, so this is actually only our second time we've ever done this segment. Clutch I'm performers of the week. Now this segment it really rides on regular games being played. So when the uh, random uh, unfortunate pause of the season happened, we kind of like skipped a week on our clutch performers, but we're doing it on the fly tonight. And uh, we're going to do it. 
because it's fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Do so it. I'm going back to this Washington game here, right? All right. And you know who I'm going to go ahead and give a clutch performer of the week to? I have a guess, but go ahead. You have a guess. I bet it's UC Soros. Nope it's my nope. it's 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 my number three. Okay. It's it's my guy Dante Fabro. Oh oh yeah yeah that's a good. He, one. He's not good enough You're to right. be number one because I do he looked a little lost on a goal that the Capitals scored in that three zero barrage in yep. the first period. He got a little lost in the zone. But he, he rebounded to have two assists in the game. He was very involved in the game. And what did I tell you leading up to that game, Rich? I said, I want to see Dante Fabro step up in Roman Yossi's absence. And he did in that Capitals game, that's for sure. I don't think he completely lived up to Roman Yossi, but who can? I mean, that's that's asking way too much. But I do, think that, I do think he played a really good game. Uh, and so he's my number three clutch performer. He put up two assists in the game, put up over 20 minutes of ice time, also put two block shots out there. Only 17 minutes of ice time, I'm sorry. So he didn't he didn't put up Roman Yossi time at all. But still, I thought he rebounded to have a pretty decent game. So he's my number three clutch performer of the week. Give me one. one from you. I am going to go with, um, somebody from tonight. All right, I'm gonna say Nick Cousins. Just that's a good pick. The, just because of that goal, he purposely bounced it off Merzlikens' back, and it went into the goal. It was very pretty. Um, it doesn't get more clutch than that. And that is so hard that's to do. Game. That I, is absolutely. so hard to do. Yeah, you don't see that very often. I've seen it before, but to just to just be able to that I mean. All right, so I used to play basketball. That was like one of my favorite sports when I was in uh, middle school and high school. Didn't have the genes, I guess I, I guess you could say, to be tall enough to really make it far, but I loved playing basketball. A bank shot is like very valuable tool to have in your game in basketball. Oh, yeah. Hit the bank, right? Just hit the bank. If you hit it in the right spot, that ball is going to go in. That's what they teach you. No matter what. Well, in hockey, that's like a whole nother stratosphere. And somehow Nick Cousins figured out a way to bank a puck off another human's back into a net. Yeah. Yeah. So Rich, Rich, that's a pretty good entry there to the clutch yeah. performers of the week. Yeah. And and his back is about equal, close to a little bit shorter than the top of the goal. So just to have it like angle it the right way to get it to bounce in is just And Merzlikens, Merzlikens, his look on his face. He no, had that he had that stank eye, like, and, and he looked he he was looking like you really just did that to me. Hey man, you got to get him however you can get him. Because literally nothing a goaltender can do about that. No, from that angle, from that angle that Cousins was at, yeah, yeah there's nothing you do about that. So that's got to be so frustrating as a goaltender who's playing as good as Merzlikens was playing in that game to give up a goal that way. Yeah, that's got to be frustrating. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Right. So it's a good pick good. for Cousins. Very good. All right, my entry number two is also from tonight's game. And also, this player actually played decent in the in the Capitals game as well, even though um, he didn't get on the score sheet. I am going to go with Matt Duchesne. There you go. Because 
he didn't get on the score sheet against the Capitals, right? And everyone wants to see Matt Duchesne pile up the points. The expectations for Matt Duchesne is through the roof. So anytime he goes a couple games without scoring a point, that's when all the criticizers come out. That's when all the naysayers come out of the of, of the dr- come out of the bushes and want to want to you know pile on Matt Duchesne because yeah. of his contract and all that. And so he finally comes back from his upper body injury. It was a big mystery if, as if he was going to be ready for that Washington game. And even though he didn't put up a point in that game, I thought he skated pretty good in that game. He looked decent. But tonight's game, he really, really looked back in form. He really did. His skating was very strong. Uh, he was a major, major product in the two goals that the Preds scored uh, to tie it at three, I believe. Or no, they actually retook the lead. They took a 3-2 lead, didn't they? Yeah, they took a 3-2 lead. Uh, And so, yeah, he was the primary assister on both of those goals. And also, his skating is what really stood stood out to me. He found zone time. And he used his ice vision to find Cousins and to find Ryan Johansson. And then those two guys uh, finished it off with the goals. So, uh, Matt Duchesne, he gets my second clutch performer of the week. How many times did we see Matt Duchesne last season? He was snake bitten. He would make plays. He would make plays, yeah, and either either he'd get either he'd get stopped by a great save, or it would get blocked, or it, or the or the the person he passed it to would would miss would miss it, miss the miss the shot. It would like he just had really bad luck mm-hmm. last season. A, a big part mm-hmm. of it. So it's nice to see his luck bouncing back in his favor. And so I thought he was very clutch tonight uh, in his second game back from injury by putting up two assists. Yep. That's a good pick. He looked good. I'm not, you know, he, he, he's playing well. He hadn't played in a long time. In the Capitals game, he looked pretty decent. Didn't get on the score sheet, like you said, but two assists tonight. They were really good, so. Good. All right. All right. So my second one, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it to David Riddick tonight. Ooh, okay. Um that dude doesn't get to play very much. And he has some really long stretches where he does not get to play. Um because of the break and everything, and then his last start. I think they said he hasn't played since December the third. So to play as well as he played, he made some really big saves tonight. I mean and how are you if if you're thinking about David Riddick, how is he supposed to get into a groove? Yeah. Not only is he a backup goaltender, but also with all these other cancellations and these postponements. Absolutely. I mean, the poor guy is like randomly getting these starts like once every two or three weeks at best. He he was in the COVID protocols that which really delayed his first Preds start. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, we gotta. I gotta look this up. I think he's only had four starts all season, four or five, five at the most. I'm gonna look it up right now to make sure I'm correct on that. But the point is, even as a backup goaltender, he has not gotten no. really any chance to get comfortable or to get back into the swing of things. You're talking about a 29-year-old goaltender who still has aspirations to be a starter in this league. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so he's on a one-year deal. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. 
And he probably sees the writing on the wall. He's probably not going to be on the Predators next season. I would bank on it. Probably not. (laughs) And so every time he starts, it's a dress rehearsal for him, for another team, that when the the offseason gets here, he's trying to be a starter for another team. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so he's been he's appeared in five games this year. Yeah. So was he is he how many has he was he two and three or is that what it is? So he or three and two. So tonight was his sixth game he's appeared in. Oh okay. Okay. Uh yeah, so it didn't count the the other one. Oh, but um but yeah, I mean he's he took he takes the overtime loss tonight, makes twenty nine saves, gave up three goals. Uh, so this is going to kind of like, this is what really kind of stinks. And four of his five appearances, he's had a save percentage below 90. Mm. That's going to, that, that kind of stings you a little bit there. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, you really want to see David Riddick succeed. And mm-hmm. if nothing else, we know he's not the future of the Predators, but we want to see him succeed because we do want to see him get an opportunity somewhere else in the offseason. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And so with that, I'm going to give you my number one clutch performer right. of the week. And I think this is going to surprise some people. They're going to be like, what? The guy took the loss tonight. I'm going David Riddick. Oh, there you go. That's good. And I know that's going to rub some people the wrong way. How are you going to pick your number one clutch performer? He lost the game. Okay, I'm not going to go with a goaltender who lost in the fifth round of a shootout as, okay, yeah, he gave up. It, first of all, I think the shootouts are gimmicky. I hate the shootout. I do too. I wish they'd end it. So I'm not going to put the loss on him in that regard. Yeah, he gave up a goal in a shootout in the fifth round. He also made some really good saves in that shootout. He made some really outstanding saves in overtime, and he also made some really good saves in, in the third period. If he hadn't have come up so clutch, the Preds, didn't even get a don't even get a point tonight. No, absolutely. And his the overtime performance, like we talked about earlier, when they were had taken a penalty, like it wasn't just them skating around a little bit. Like they were really shooting, gunning for him, and he had some big saves in that. And so. you and and you throw in you throw in all he's up against, not really starting that much. He's a former starter in this league, a regular mm-hmm. starter. So it's got to be hard for him to adjust to just randomly getting these starts every two or three weeks. It's got to be hard. I thought he really got locked in and, and stepped up to the occasion to at least get the Preds to overtime. Yep. And he went up against another really good goaltender in Elvis Merzlikens, uh that also cost him from maybe getting the win tonight. But I'm telling you, if he doesn't come up clutch there down the stretch, the Preds are losing this game most likely. And then you're talking about two losses in a row and and 0 for 4 on points no points whatsoever so i yeah. don't don't discredit the importance of getting a point in that situation no yeah i mean that's that point's huge um always any point you get is a good thing so yeah i agree so so now i want to really hear your number 1 this has got to be a player we haven't named right or is it a player i named earlier well, I named him, but as a as a no, you're number one. Guessing. My, I know, but I was guessing one of yours. Mine's going to be Soros from last night. Really? Um, yeah. He, All right. he played. He played out of his mind. He had so many good saves. But they lost, game. Rich. But they lost. I know. I know they did. But it would have been even worse. I think 
without. You, so you think they would have got ran out of the building? Oh yeah. Once he settled in, it was his first game back. Everybody's off break. Once he got okay. settled in, That's he fair. even he even made I think what might be could be. Um, yes, that was that was save of the year uh, for him. Um, yeah, that was that was an amazing save. Came across all the way across the net and kind of stuck his pad out and saved saved that shot. It was or no, was that the one with the stick? I can't remember. I think it was the one with the stick. But anyway, um, yeah. Even though they lost, I think had he not settled in and and come up with some big saves, it would have been even worse. So 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 Rich, you always lean towards the goaltenders, and is, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. I, do. I know UC Soros is your boy. He is my boy. All right, so Rich's list, three clutch performers of the week. We did this on the fly, so yep. please forgive us, yep. but it's fun. It's more fun that way. All it right, is. so Rich's list was Nick Cousins, Nick Cousins, David Riddick, and his top clutch performer of the week. We're only covering two games here, but still, his top clutch performer of the week is UC Soros. My list was number three for me was... You remember, Rich? I don't remember. You don't we even remember? Five minutes ago. <laughs> I forgot. All right. we've, said, we've said a lot of names. Who was it? Tell me. It was... I, I, you don't listen to me anymore, do you? <laughs> it was Matt Duchesne. It was. There you go. <clears throat> I had to think about it. It's okay. Matt Duchesne. Number three. No, number three was Dante Fabro. You don't listen to me. Fabro. Okay. Matt Duchesne was number two. That's right. And number one was David Riddick. I did leave UC Soros out. Not because I don't love UC Soros, but I cannot give him top three when the team did lose. Yeah. And didn't even get a point. I just I just think that And Soros did let let by a really bad goal in that game. He did. I will give him that. I will give you that. But he still played down the stretch. It would it could have been worse. All right. And he so had so we've already figured out that Rich doesn't listen to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. So we'll we'll be more prepared for our next clutch performers of the week uh, yeah. because Mike Twitter Trennan got the scoring going after being in such a hole. That's a good one too. And he's talking about the Capitals game last night. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yep. Forsberg could also be an entry. Forsberg scored the game tying goal there. Uh, there's a lot of good choices. That's why this segment's so fun. Yep. Uh, but next week I'm gonna quiz Rich again. He better listen to me. I also, uh, to be fair though, because I am banging on Rich here. I I had to think in my head who I had at number two, and number three. I knew oh, I had Matt. Oh. Dush- yeah, I knew. Good. Well, I knew I had Matt Duchesne and Dante Fabro. But full disclosure, I couldn't remember who I had at number three, and number two. So you, so you. you- Bought yourself some time. I did. By deflecting it back. I to did. That's awesome. I did. That's a good move. It is a good move. Smart, I can just, I I'll just I mean, podcasting one on one when you can't think of it, just deflect it on your co host. Right. There you go. Let them fall on the sword. That's awesome. I'm sorry, Rich. You're fine. I'm sorry. You're fine. I should All have right. a better memory. <laughs> we do You're too nice. About a lot of, we do All right. throw a lot of names around those. So. And those are our three clutch performers of the week, though. We will have a much more uh, researched yeah. list next week. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have a full slate of games, but yeah. that was fun. Send us your clutch performers of the week at Catfish Ice on Twitter, yep. on Facebook, 
comment on the stream right now on YouTube if you'd like. While you're at it, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We really appreciate it if you could. All right, we are presented by DraftKings, of course. DraftKings has a really awesome deal for all of our hockey fans that are listening to tonight's podcast. Hockey fans, the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that will make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. We saw some shots get past the goalie tonight. You would have won if you would have used our promo code tonight. You'll always win. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. And one team's going to score. So, yeah, it's free money. Rich says it all the time. It is free money. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005. That's a good trivia question for all your hockey fans here. NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. If the sportsbook is not available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Speaking of fantasy hockey... I was not told how difficult fantasy hockey was going to be this year with our official Catfish and Ice podcast league. It's, it's like it's, it's it's starting to become a full-time job just to figure out how I'm going to start a lineup. And I question everything I do. How's your team doing right now with all of the uh, players and COVID protocols? Because so, I, I can't even figure out how to use a starting lineup. Well, I'm winning right now. Against Phil and Phil. Uh-huh. But I don't know how the rest of the week's going to go. And that's who I was played last week, but they, they I guess they just carried it over. They did. Or whatever. But next week, it's me and you. Oh, that's going to be fun. All That'd right. Fun, no mercy. No, no mercy, mercy for my co-host. No mercy. So what's really hard about playing fantasy hockey in this situation is you've got some really important players who you're not going to drop them because they're going to eventually come back, but you also don't want to lose. But you yep. know they're not going to play this week, so you got to waste your roster spot. For me, yep. it's Miro Haskinen, a yep. very talented defenseman for the Dallas Stars who scored me a ton of points this year. I'm not going to drop him, but – he, I know he's going to get me zero points this week. So it's like you're kind of like double-edged sore. What do you do here? Yeah. So I'm just – I'm letting it ride. I'm letting it ride this week. I'm not going to drop any of my really good players, even if they're not playing. But you know who's who I'm facing this week, and he's whooping me? Who? The Goon Squad, Kyle Perkins, who does oh, Perks Picks. He's whooping me. Yeah. It's also not fair that Perks Picks, Kyle Perkins has Connor McDavid on his team. And that's – yeah. I know. And he had Patrick Line for the Blue Jackets tonight, so that hurt oh, me. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, but I had, uh, I've got Mark Andre Fleury, and he's he's in the COVID protocol. 
And then Mikhail Sergachev, he's hurt. I have him as well, who's hurt. So, so I'm coming in at third place right now. So Luca Spiza, who manages my team, is pretty <laughs> pleased with that. Seven and three on the season. We're in third place. Luca Spiza likes that. But I'm telling you, if we hit a losing streak, I'm really worried about what how Luca Spiza is going to react. He's very unhinged. He's very unhinged individual. He. He expects me to devote six hours a day to the fantasy team. I don't think that's realistic. He he's a very hardcore hockey fantasy hockey manager. Like he's a little unfair. I Rich. feel like I feel like you could put in six hours on this. No, no. I mean, like, yeah. Whenever I do this, I'm like questioning. I because I, I know like we get texts. We get texts when somebody does something, and I know when I make a move of somehow. <laughs> You all get it, and you're like, "What an idiot!" Why? Well, do Rich, that? Rich, you're coming in at, in seventh place right now. You um, you got a five and five record. You're uh, you're coming in really good here. But you know what? You've had some really bad luck this season because yeah. you've got a lot of points scored. You just taking losses because you keep playing better teams. But uh, I think you'll yeah. be fine. I think your team's we'll gonna be, be fine. It's been a lot of fun running this yeah, running this fun. league though. Yeah, and of course, we got to give a lot of respect to our uh, our two leaders in the league right now. Matt Hardesty has got the top spot in the league yep. at seven and three, and then Lindsay, the David Riddick fan, the Big Flames fan, we love Lindsay. She is in second place right now in the league with a seven and three record. So that's yep. our update for the Catfish and Ice Fantasy Hockey League uh, with all of our loyal listeners who jumped in the league with us. Uh, we appreciate y'all so much. Yes. We hope you all have a really good new year coming up here for 2022. Let's wrap up episode 92 with a couple good stuff, couple good segments here for you. We're going to quickly do our battle for the central power rankings, and then we're going to dish it over to our interview with uh, On the Future Preds Prospects, Eric Denae, who runs On the Future Preds Prospects for SB Nation. You're going to have to download the episode if you're watching the stream right now. He joined us for a really knowledgeable, oh, good segment to get us all caught up on all the Preds prospects right now that participated in the 2022 World Junior Championship, which unfortunately got canceled early. Yeah. They did play some games. We got some good stuff from Iroslav Eskarov, from Fedor Shvechkov, and also some other prospects who didn't compete in the World Junior Championship but are very close to making the Preds roster next season. So you're going to have to yep. stay tuned for that interview. It's going to be at the very yeah. end of this episode. It was a really awesome interview, and we thank uh-huh. Eric a ton for joining us. All right, Rich. Very Let's awesome. do it. Let's do it, Rich. Let's do our battle for the Central Power Rankings. We missed it last week. We didn't do an episode on Thursday. So we've got two weeks worth two weeks of... Worth. Uh, Mike Twitter says, Good night, guys. Good night, see you in 2022. Thanks for the post-game man. reaction. Mike Twitter, we will see you in 2022. Uh, bringing in a new year. We can't yep. wait to do it. Have a good Thanks. Week. Thank you so much, Mike Twitter, for always watching the podcast and being a regular contributor. We can't thank you enough, man. Yep. Thank you. All right, Rich. Are we still holding steady with number eight, the Arizona Coyotes? If we're if we're not, there's something wrong with one of one of the two of us. 
If we're not, then we should probably just not do a podcast even, anymore. Although, can I say something? Talk about hockey. Did you? Can I say something, Rich? Did you see? Did you get a chance to watch any of that crazy Tuesday night game between the Sharks and the Coyotes? I did not, but I heard it was a high-scoring affair. Final score eight to seven. The Sharks did win. It went to a shootout. I will say the Sharks are not a pushover. Maybe not a playoff team, but they're not a pushover. Nope. The Coyotes managed 46 shots on goal in this game. So I do got to say something. The Coyotes at least aren't, they're not folding. They're not backing down. It's a lack of talent. That's the thing. They just don't have the personnel. They're going to be a last place team. Almost everyone saw that they were going to be a last place team. I don't think everyone thought they were going to be this bad necessarily. No. But they are at least showing some fight. Yep. They do. I will say that. I will give them that. Um, but man, gosh, that's just, I just couldn't even imagine. That game was wild, though. So the Coyotes, they were down 5-3 to three at one point in the second period. Then they make it 5-4. to four. Then they fall behind 6-4. to four. Then they make it 6-5. to five. They fall behind 7-5. to five. They make it 7-6. to six. Then they tie it at 7-7. Seven to seven. Wow. That's crazy. I, I mean, and then it, yeah, just the rest goes from there. I mean, it's, so it, it was really a 7-7 seven to seven game. The, eight, the eighth goal is a shootout goal. So, yeah, so the Coyotes, they are still in eighth place in our power rankings, but Absolutely. I will say they're not they're not folding. Although, Rich, do you want to know what their goal differential is, is this season? Are you I ready for have, it? Uh, you can tell me. It's a minus 54. That, that's bad. 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 Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's kind of hard to read. Man. I saw a really funny comment. I, I can't remember who it was. It was just a random thing. I was searching some thread where someone was talking about how the season might be canceled, the NHL season. And oh, yeah. a, a Coyotes fan chimed in and said, I would love for the season to be canceled because that means the Coyotes wouldn't have to continue to tank. <laughs> they would still get the first overall pick, but they wouldn't have to keep losing. Hey, you know, I think they're probably going to get that pick. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a dead set. And I actually don't think they're tanking. I think they're just really that bad. No, I think so, too. I agree. I agree. All right. That. Yeah, they're still they're still in the old – I think they're probably going to be there forever. Forever? I, I think, like, every week. So, uh, so Rich, we're going to be on episode – we're going to be on episode 500 in a couple years, and, we're, and the Coyotes are still oh, going to be yeah. at number yeah. eight? Maybe. <laughs> All right. Maybe you never know. If we're still doing this this segment in uh, episode 500, then uh, that'll be also interesting in itself. All right. right. Number seven, are we really ready to still keep the Blackhawks there? Because we got this team called the Dallas Stars who we don't even know if they're going to play another game until February. I have Chicago there still. I do too. (laughs) Um, They were playing better. They were were actually – things were looking up for them. And then – I guess it just turned uh, the Blackhawks. Like the Blackhawks are a weird team. Like they are. sometimes, sometimes you think they're not as bad as they seem, yep. and then other times they just look awful. Yep. Um, Flurry's on the COVID protocol, so that's bad for them. Um, yeah. So ugh, I don't know. They're just they are weird. Like you said, they'll they'll do really well, and then they'll just 
everything they build up just goes away and they go back to not being good. Uh, so the Blackhawks there, 11 wins, 15 losses, four overtime losses for 26 points. They are 14 points behind the Preds, so a pretty wide gap between those two teams. And those are that's the next opponent for the Preds, so perfect timing there. But, yes, yep. the Blackhawks are also in my seventh spot. Yep. The, this will be the third time these two teams have met this year already. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, is there yeah. any more? How many more? Is that it? I think they play each other four times. Four times. I think you play every division team four times. Gotcha. All right. I did not know that. Number six. How about you give your number six team first? I put Winnipeg at number six. Whoa. Yep. They okay. got beat. <clears throat> they got beat by Buffalo. And then the Capitals just like ran them over big time. Um, they beat the Blues. I wrote down this note, but they're just things just aren't going good for them right now. So I just had to move them down a spot. So fair enough. Yep. I was really torn on who to put at number at number five or number six, I should say. But I actually, Rich, I'm falling in agreement with you again. I got the Winnipeg Jets at number six as well. Uh, I thought they are one of the biggest disappointments to me in the entire league. They're not the biggest, but they're one of the biggest. They because I feel like they are that they are so much better than their record indicates. Mm-hmm. But I can't just keep overlooking it. They're 14, 11, and five on the season, thirty three points. They uh, they've got a plus three goal differential, so it's not like they're getting ran out of the building every night. Right, and I do think they have the personnel to eventually figure it out. Uh, they'll be right in the mix for, at the very worst, a wild card spot, maybe. But they are at number six for me as well. I can't, I can't overlook it anymore. And uh, so that's where I got them, which means I'm putting the stars at number five. But I really had a hard time. I feel like you could flip flop those two teams. Yeah. The stars. Here's the thing about the stars. It's almost impossible to rank this team right now because they were kind of playing a lot better there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But now that I mean. Pretty much their entire team is on COVID protocols right now. I mean, I don't know if you saw, but they put out an update on every player that's in COVID protocol. It's pretty much the entire team. I did see that. And what really complicates things about their situation is a lot of the players they would like to call up to the taxi squad, which is back in the mix now, are also in COVID protocols. So their AHL affiliate is the Texas Stars. Yep. They've got like I think I saw thirteen AHL players also in COVID protocols. What are these guys doing? So I don't really know when this team is going to be able to return to the ice because they can't even call up players to a taxi squad right now. So so the the league had the early break, and then that's when the break about midway through. That's when Dallas started. Yeah, like so timing wise, I don't know when the Stars are going to be able to make up these games. And you know what's really crazy is this is a repeat of what happened to this team last year yep. when they when they missed a bunch of games. And then you had the really bad winter storm in Dallas, which forced oh, yeah. the Preds and the Stars to miss a game against each other. I don't know if you remember that, Rich. I do totally remember So that. they're almost going through the same thing again. So I kind of feel bad for the team, honestly, that yep. they're that because it's horrible luck because once again, their season is being disrupted. Uh, in a really bad way, even worse than the other teams. 
and they're going to have to cram a bunch of games once again in a really yeah. small amount of time. And yeah. you're talking about an older team that's, that, I mean, this is like their last year to do something. Yeah, and it's not looking good for them. But I got them. In, I do got them at number five because I think if they can get yeah. back on the ice and they're actually playing regular games again, uh, I I got them at number five because I do think they uh, th- that goaltender they got uh, Ottinger, Jake Ottinger. Yep he he he's gonna win. He's gonna be a really good goaltender. Maybe a Vesna worthy goaltender in the future. Got a really bright future. So I give the Stars a puncher's chance to uh, sneak good. into the playoffs again this year. Yeah, well, they got a they got a two game win streak going. They they got the longest win streak now in the Central Division <laughs> since the well that well that two game winning night. streak is going to last for a long time because it's I don't know well. when they're going to play another game. Yeah, so I wrote a note. I wrote they like the last game they played was against Minnesota and they crushed them. But then I thought about it. They Minnesota might have had some COVID, some uh, protocol guys, so maybe that's why. But. I don't know. Whatever. I have them at five as well. So, all right, gets a lot. Gets a lot more difficult to rank these teams now. Getting into Very the top difficult. four. Uh, so, so, Rich, you do the honors. Who's your number four team? I put Minnesota at number four. Whoa! I know the team that was at first place for how long, and now you're just going to drop them to number four. Yeah, that seems kind of <laughs> harsh, man. It is a little, but. Um, the last two games they played were big losses. Like I checked today, um, they lost to Vegas and then Dallas. Uh, this was before I realized that it might have been COVID related, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but got knocked whatever. Out of, they got knocked out of first place. I just think the other teams that are the top three got a little more going for them at the moment. But all right, we could be wrong. I so be wrong. I've got the Preds at number four. See that's yeah, that's, and it's not yeah. even because it's not even because they've lost tonight and they lost the night before. It's not even because of that. You've got to look at the point percentages here. Yep. And and to your credit, you brought up the goal differentials as well. The Preds have played the most games in the division, along with the Blues in the entire division. So when all these games balance out, you're look I'm looking at a team like the Avalanche. They've played five fewer games than the Preds. Yep. And they're four points behind. That's a big reason why they've played five fewer games. You look at the Minnesota Wild who are tied with the Preds right now on points. They've played two fewer games. You look at the Dallas Stars, they're eight points behind, but they've played three fewer games. So these games are going to balance out point percentage-wise. Yep. The Preds are not as high up as it appears. That's true. So I got them at number four, which is quite honestly way higher than I would have thought they would be at this point. That is true. So they're still outperforming expectations. I still think they're playing some good hockey. But the Central Division is a very difficult division. And when all things balance out and when this season really starts taking shape down the stretch... I don't know if the Preds have enough to hang in the top three. I just – I'm not convinced. I haven't been convinced yet. So, I got them at number four. <clears throat> I would agree with everything you just said. Except, <clears throat> but except for the fact that they're not at number four. They're not. <laughs> so, you can't agree with me, Rich. Well, I do a little. I, right. I mean, you're right. They're like. But so, you've got the Preds at number are, three, right? You're not I that do. crazy. I do. They, they, 
they still look good despite their losses, even the one yeah. tonight. So, um, and we also are forgetting, well, we're not forgetting, but no Yossi. So that's a good point. That's I'll, fair. I'll, I'll leave but it there to, to counterpoint but, you, every team is dealing with they are this. They are. But the Capitals have had the majority of their – like they did have some guys out. Their defensemen, I think, were where they were hurt. They, they weren't missing you know, nearly as critical players as the Preds were missing. That is true. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Yep. But, but what you said what you said about them, uh, if they're hanging in at, at the top three spots, you're, you're absolutely right. I don't know if that's going to be possible so when everything balances out and when yeah. honestly when the season can finally get some rhythm to it the season has no rhythm the no. whole season doesn't i mean games are getting postponed left and right you got i mean every day you pull out or every hour you get an update and it's like mm-hmm. this laundry list of players are in code i mean you can't even keep up with it anymore no. you know I mean, and so i think once the season can hopefully catch some traction hopefully the nhl can revise their COVID protocols a little bit here. Um, and well, we can get some... Tr- one, they did make one change. Did you see that? Well, the CDC, in general, yeah, changed they, their quarantine to five days, yeah. and so, all the leagues are starting to fall in line with that. Yeah. The difference with the NHL, of course, is you have to deal with Canada, and that's going to always make exactly. things more complicated. Yeah. So a lot of people are upset with the NHL, about why don't you yeah. be like the NFL? Why don't you be like the NBA? Well, it's a lot more complicated yeah, for the absolutely. NHL with because they're dealing with least, a, they're dealing with an international border here, right? Yeah, but at least knocking the days down to five from yes. ten. I, that's a good I think start. I do all these all these uh, crazy people out there. I'm sorry, but I think you're a little crazy that are saying the season's going to be canceled. I that's not going to happen. Well, there's yeah. too much money involved. I think that the NHL got caught flat-footed here. They didn't realize the problem. It kind of sprung on them. And I think that they thought our only way is to put a pause on the season and then we're going to have to forego the Olympics, unfortunately. But I do think yeah. the season's going to eventually catch some traction here. Yeah. And, and during the Olympics, if all the arenas are all booked up, you might be seeing your favorite team down at your uh... – Local ice skating rink playing. They'll figure out something, man. I mean, they, it, at, uh, they might have to play at neutral sites. I could see them playing at neutral sites. They'll be playing at like Iceland South or something. Wherever. What I'm playing. saying is, they will figure out a way to finish they the will. season. Yeah. They're not going to just. It's not going to. It's just too much money at stake. There's too many ramifications, and it's just they're going to figure out a way to finish it. I wish they'd set up a rink at Yum Center so I could go down there and watch a game. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I still. Always crack up when I hear the name of that arena, the Yum Center. Yeah, that's it's that's just a really, it's a really funny yeah. name for a for an arena. It's a nice arena though. It is, it is a really nice. nice arena. It is nice. I've been in it for a concert. It's it's very nice. So, yep. All right. So I have the so you have the Preds at number three. I had yep. the Preds at number four. Yep. So you're. Number I'm three. actually putting the St. Louis Blues at number three, even though they are technically the first place team. Yep. I agree with that. And once again, I have them at number three because they've, they've played the same amount of games as the Preds. So the Preds and the Blues have played the most games in the division. And I I mean, I've been hard on the Blues all year. And I keep telling you, you I think they're going to eventually cave in. They haven't done it yet. They've, they've proved me wrong. But there's still 50 more games for them to 
come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, I got them at number three, and I'm hoping that's their ceiling because my <laughs> disdain for the Blues is very well noted. Yeah, mine too. The Blues, the Blues are right up there with the Blackhawks for me. Yeah, 1A and 1B on my despised teams. Yeah, yeah. Well, St. Louis is definitely on my despised teams list as well, so – but, but they're number three. Be, they're number three on my yeah. list. I got them ahead of the Preds, so you can't call me biased. I got them ahead of the Preds, even though I can't stand them. They are number yeah. three. Well, I have St. Louis at number two, just because for the fact that they did have some rough spots and they and they are sitting at the top of the division right now. So I will give them credit for that. And yeah. and their goal differential is impressive. They're plus twenty three. Yeah, I mean, plus twenty three. So that's that's good. But ranking these guys is hard because the top three are separated by like a point or two right now. So that makes it really difficult. And the blues actually their most, their most recent win is a four, two win over the Oilers. So that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, you can't, you can't even look over that. Uh, And as much as we can't stand Jordan Bennington, (sighs) he is a great goaltender. He's a world-class goaltender and he's a world-class something. Yeah, but he he had a pretty big game against the Oilers mm-hmm. in that win. So um, he had yeah, a really they're... good save. I saw I saw a video of um, where he like had to reach back. The, it was like getting ready to cross the line, and he reached back with his glove. So the Preds have only played the Blues one time this year. They beat them four to three on the road. Yeah, back in November. When do we see the Blues next? Because that's really, really, that's what I can't wait for. First of all, we got also we got the Winter Classic coming up. Oh yeah, I'll definitely watch that. I mean, up in Minnesota, that's going to be fun, and the Blues are playing in the Winter Classic, so I can't wait to watch that. That's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. They're playing the Winter Classic at the Minnesota Twins Stadium baseball yep. park. They said so that's going to be on New Year's Day. They said the temperature was supposed to be like minus six or something. They act, did you actually see where it's actually going to be so cold that they're going to have to heat the ice? What? Yes. That's yes. Weird. They're going to have to actually – it's going to be too cold for the ice. Okay. That's. Have you weird. ever heard of such a thing? No. They're going to no, have to heat the ice. I can't sense. remember. It was a reputable source. It was an article. I didn't save it. Cool. But, but, yeah, they're going to have to heat the ice – uh, you want to talk about physics, whatever you want to call it. It's way over my head, what I can comprehend. But they're going to have to heat the ice. And you know what's really crazy? So then you're going to get your outdoor game, stadium series game. Uh, Mike Twitter, you said bye, now you're back. Not, hey, back we're He's back. Like, wow. We're happy. We're, we're happy you're back. False alarm. Mike Twitter's still with us. All right. But, um, yeah, so what I, what I find kind of ironic is the Preds are going to be playing in an outdoor game on February 26th, so almost two months later, in a much more southern, warmer climate. And I, it's going to be the opposite problem, most likely. Where I mean, we're getting 70-degree temperatures here in Tennessee in yep. late December. Uh, I'm really hoping this doesn't happen in late February. I mean, we're supposed to get severe thunderstorms and tornadoes possibly on yeah. Saturday. If that happens, I told you that was like one of my Christmas wish list items in one of the yeah. and like, but yeah. So hey, you gotta look at it like this: they put ice down in Dallas, Texas. They did. 
outside. I, so. I can't remember how cold it was for that game, but uh, they can. De- they have the technology to do it. They have they the technology do. to do it. That's, and that's apparently they early. apparently they have the technology to heat the ice as well if it gets too cold. So I don't understand that. That's secretly one of my a job that I would like to have is putting the ice down in the arena. Oh, nice. That'd be I, fun. I think that yeah. would be, That'd so be a awesome. cool job. Like those guys like paint all the stuff and all that. That would be really cool. All right. So yeah, that's gonna be a really fun game though. The wild and the blues in the winter classic. That's good I that's appointment viewing for me. Definitely. I hope it snows. Hope it snows. And I think I can speak for Rich and speak on our behalf of the Catfish Alliance podcast. We are going to be pulling for the Minnesota Wild. Yes. Nashville North. All right, so you have the Blues at number two. I have the Minnesota Wild at number two. There you go. I I know they've had a little bit of a rough patch here, but I still think they're going to be right there in it. They have a really good lineup uh, of players. Um, they can score with the best of them. They they're good on special teams. They I just think they do everything well. They do a little bit of everything well. They're gonna get they gotta get through their own little COVID outbreak here. Yeah. I think they're gonna come back just fine. They haven't played a game since December twentieth, which wow. was a seven four loss to the Dallas Stars. So it's gonna be interesting to see. Their first game back is gonna be the winter classic. That's crazy. So they're going to go almost a full two weeks without playing a game and get their first game back is going to be the Winter Classic. Be outside in negative six degree weather. I mean, you want to talk about a test right there to come back playing that game. I mean, but I mean, I love their team. You got Ryan Hartman, former National Predator. Kevin Fiala. Kevin Fiala, former National Predator. Of course, you've got Kaprizov. Former Nashville Predator. You've got Zuccarello. <laughs> you've got Erickson Eck. I mean, they really are loaded on the front end with players who can score. Rem Pitlick, of course, like you said. I mean, they, they are loaded. And then defensively, I mean, I feel like they've got a good defense as well. So, I mean, they really do a little bit of everything well, yep. and I think they're, they're, they're fully built for the playoffs. Yep. You don't want to face the Minnesota Wild in a seven-game playoff series. Nope. So, I've got them at number two. Which process of elimination? I'm guessing we both have the Colorado Avalanche at number one. Yep, they went six and two in December. They crushed their schedule. The only losses they had were the OT loss to Ottawa and then the COVID loss to the Predators. And don't let it fool you. Just because the Colorado Avalanche are technically in fourth place right now, nope, they had the same point percentage as the Minnesota Wild to lead. The division, yep, and they've they're also in a COVID pause right now. So when they get back, they'll be just fine. They are their 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 roster is scary, scary good. They have not played a game since December sixteenth against the National Predators, a game that shouldn't have happened. By the way, no, probably not. Glad it did, but <laughs> I mean, both teams were decimated with COVID protocol players. The Preds did end up winning that game, but the it turned out as the day went on, the Avalanche had way more players out than the Preds did, including Darcy Kemper, their starting goaltender, including Cal McCarr, their <laughs> Norris Trophy candidate. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you, once once the Avalanche get through their own little COVID outbreak, and they're not scheduled until. January 2nd, 
to play their next game. So they're going to go over two weeks without playing a game. And they return to the ice against the Anaheim Ducks, which will be a formidable test. Mm -hmm. But I've got them at number one. Me too. They lead the – even though they're on a long hiatus, they are number one on the Catfish on Ice battle for the Central Power Rankings. For this week? For this week, and I feel like they're going to be up there for a while. In my opinion. We'll see. But I would say so. More than All likely. right, real quick before we get to Eric Denae, uh, who writes for On the Future, covers all the press prospects. That's going to round out episode 92. We're going to give you that interview. Let's give our really quick hitter final thought on the unfortunate cancellation of the World Juniors. It's very frustrating. Your heart breaks for those young kids who, that's their dream. And, that, and for some players... It's their. It's the pinnacle of their hockey careers. They're never going to make it to the NHL. They yep. they know it, and they're on the bright stage of representing their country, almost like the Olympics. Same idea. It's you're representing your country, and it gets canceled two games into the tournament. Just unfortunate on all levels. Yeah, um, I remember reading that somebody put on Twitter. Um, all the players who are, like you said, the ones who probably aren't going to go to the NHL, but are also so old, they won't be able to participate ever again. So they lost. This this was going to be their last chance to play, and they didn't get to play at all. So, um, yeah, yeah, that sucks. And then the other thing that sucks is they canceled the the uh, women's tournament too. Yeah, and that made me so. Like, that made yes. me so infuriated that you're right. that they went with that double standard of yes. okay you're gonna you're gonna move on with the men's side with the world junior yep. which we know generates all this money and a lot of times all you gotta do is follow the money trail sadly but they moved on with the with the world junior championship but yep. you're gonna cancel the under 18 women's tournament, which I'm telling you, women's hockey's fun to watch, by the way. It is. Yeah, and definitely. Just it was the hypocrisy of it. It was the double standard. Yeah. Um, you either cancel both of them or you move ahead with both of them. And so yeah. the frustration about canceling the world junior championship for me is why did it ever start in the first place? Yeah. Why did you go through with this charade? Why did you uh Get all the, you know, you have, you know, players, young players who got their hopes up. And I think I saw Team Germany, they were taking photos on the ice and then it just gets canceled. It's yep, just, I remember that. it's a horrible look. And you, you expect more out of the leaders of these, of these organizations to make the right decisions for these young athletes. And they didn't do it. Yep. They failed those young athletes, both the men and the women. They failed those athletes. Yeah, and the, <clears throat> they should the be ashamed. It, they should. Things on Twitter, they made it sound like that the governing bodies weren't very prepared and that well, didn't have anything in place for if this was going to happen. And, and that's that's the and same old song and dance with, with both yeah. the NHL and other hockey organizations is they weren't prepared. How about you get prepared for – for this stuff. I'm I'm just I'm tired of it. It's got me really irritated, but right. we wanted to touch we wanted to touch on it in episode 92 cuz it's arguably one of the biggest stories in hockey and it deserves 
all the talk and all the attention and the IIHF, which runs the World Juniors, they deserve all the criticism out there. They do. Yeah, my tours and the world. Yeah, it does. It's yes, it's just it's That's so bad. Weird. So I, I'm really hoping that next year we get a full participation for the men and the women and that we can get past this but it's 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 really unfortunate and sad uh and we really hate it for all those young athletes on the men's and the women's side uh so uh so we are gonna on that note we are gonna take a short break on the podcast here and get you ready for our interview with on the future eric denay of sb nation who covers all the press prospects stay tuned for that interview this is episode 92 brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Hockey Podcast Network, Catfish and Ice, with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe. Please stick around with us for that interview with Eric Deneb on the future. And welcome back to episode 92 of Catfish on Ice. With your host Chad Mitten and Rich Howe. And we've got a really good guest lined up for you right now. We've got Eric Dunay of On the Future, Preds Prospects, part of SB Nation, joining us. Been on the podcast in the past, and it's a good time to bring him back on right now because we just had the 2022 World World Junior Championship unfortunately canceled early, but we got some good looks. At a couple really good Preds prospects. He's going to get us caught up on that. He's also going to get us caught up on all the other Preds prospects that we should be really excited about and focused on. Eric, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm well. Um, you know, a bit bummed that the World Juniors is over after about three days, but uh, other yeah. than that, doing well. Yeah. Poor really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's tough. Especially for those guys, like a lot of, you know, the German players and the Austrian players, you know, guys who are never going to make it to the NHL who like, this is the once right. in a lifetime experience for them. I, I really do feel terrible for them. Yeah. yeah. And then, right. and then the, uh, of course, Team USA had to forfeit against, which team mm-hmm. was it that they had to forfeit against? Uh, I believe that was against uh, che- Czechia, I want to say, because Russia forfeited against Slovakia. It might have been against Sweden, though. I'm not exactly And they never... Did Team USA never played a game? Did they? They did. They beat. They did play one. Slovakia and uh, yeah, and then they had to forfeit their second game. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Gotcha. Well, yeah, very unfortunate circumstances, but we did get to see uh, a, a few Preds prospects in there. Uh, first thing I want to ask you, uh, Eric, and this is just a really general question, but just your overall top takeaways from what you saw in general from the uh, World Juniors. It doesn't even have to be Preds prospects in particular but also kind of what really stood out to you in the action we were able to uh, see before it got canceled. Yeah, sure. I mean, in terms of general, you know, observations, I think obviously everyone had Canada kind of penciled in as uh, Mm. a medal contender and America had a strong team as well. But, um, you know, outside of those two teams, really Sweden looked like the team to beat um, from the first few games we saw, uh, especially on the power play. Uh, They were just lethal. And then Jesper Wallstead, putting in a 48-save shutout performance against Slovakia um, was really quite impressive. Uh, you know, and then in terms of Fred specifics, I mean, uh, you know, going into the tournament, we were supposed to see four 
Preds prospects. Um, you know, ultimately, I think Simone Kanak was the only player who, upon testing to get into Canada, tested positive in the entire tournament, wow. and uh, and had to was then removed from the Swiss roster, uh, a team he was supposed to captain. In fact, and uh, is actually still in quarantine in Red Deer until Sunday, I believe. Uh, you know, funnily, and I guess not funny, but his Swiss League team is also uh, in quarantine uh, with about, I think, over half their roster testing positive uh, last week as well. So a tough break for him. But in terms of the other three prospects, you know, um, Anton Olsen with Sweden, uh, you know, third pairing minutes, third pairing on the line chart, but in terms of minutes, not so much. Uh, played a lot on the penalty kill. Um, got what we expected out of him. And then really Russia was the big story, you know, from a forward group perspective, it was, um, you know, very top heavy. A few players at the top of the lineup, uh, Fyodor Svechkov, Preds prospect, Marat Kisnadinov, Kisnadinov um, and Matt Vemichkov and Nikita Tribrikov. Uh, and behind that, there wasn't much. And then, um, you know, the defense, um, was uh lacking to put it generously uh you know this is a, you know the russian federation made the decision to not bring any of their north american skating players um daniel chaika yankeesnetsov all players who were better defenders than uh, several of the ones they brought to this tournament and mm. um that was very apparent uh early on um and unfortunately you know another preds prospect who Kind of faced the consequences of that was uh yaroslav Askarov, yeah. who um, only started mm -hmm. game one and was pulled after two periods and, and and didn't start game two so um an interesting tournament you know not many takeaways we can get from two games but yeah. um you know overall some some things to to, to kind of note yeah wow that's it's crazy that they didn't even get to finish or, or play that much um since you brought him up i've got a really good question about Askarov. so we saw that he was pulled early, like you said, didn't play in the second game. So I just was wondering what your opinion was. Like, is his development like being stunted in the KHL or is he just like dropping off development wise? Just what's your whole take on him? Sure. You know, I think it's a bit of both. Um, so Askarov plays in the SK, the St. Petersburg system in, in Russia. Um, and it's a club that's been described as um, they're trying to become the 33rd NHL team. Um, <laughs> you know, from a, front <laughs> from a front office perspective, they're very serious about their global imprint um, on top of hmm. uh, their league, you know, domination. Uh, I, I think I made a joke on Twitter a couple months ago about like every um russian or european player who like left the ahl this season and went over to the khl sk ultimately signed and it pushed players like chibrikov and svechkov and even matvey mishkov down into the vhl mm. and the nhl even further so it's not particularly mm. a place where teenagers thrive in terms of ice time but that being said um i could probably count on one or two hands the number of 19 year old goalies who um, started a significant amount of games in the KHL in the last decade. Wow. Um, so that's, you know, already a bonus. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, his big problem this year specifically has been, you know, they have two KHL starting caliber goalies that are in their late 20s. They have another very good VHL goalie, which is like the Russian AHL. And they also have him on top of players behind mm. him. So you know, KHL minutes come at a premium for him. And then when he plays in the VHL with SK Neva, 
uh, he faces like 18, 20, 22 shots a night. You know, I can recall tracking games where for the first like eight or nine minutes, he's sitting back there in his net with nothing to do. And, <laughs> you know, we all know the old adage of, you know, about Pecorine is he really needed shots to get into the game, right? right? Yeah. And I, I think that was also applicable here. Um, that being said, though, you know, um, I think that his play on top of the World Juniors in the KHL and the VHL has highlighted some things about his technique that um, certainly need worked on. You know, it was, uh, I think it was Mike McKenna, former NHL goalie and um, actually National Predators draft pick, who wrote a good article the other day for the Daily Faceoff, kind of breaking down some flaws in his technique. Mm. And, and one of their big, his biggest critiques is his, his um, stance is so wide. And what it does is it can commit him to dropping to the butterfly too early and it can basically make more work for himself to move across the crease laterally. Like we all know he's a freakish athlete and obviously the raw skill is there, Mm -hmm. but there are some things that I think McKenna put it as he's a six, two goaltender who plays like he's five ten, and, you know, UC Soros obviously is sub six foot and can still fill the net. Well, you don't want to diminish yourself as a goalie. So there are some things that, um, you know, it's clear he does need to work on and, and whether he's going to get uh, that coaching in the KHL, whether he's going to get that coaching over here in North America, you know, regardless of the politics of Russian hockey, mm. SK has an interest in developing him for the purpose of him staying in Russia too, right? Um, yeah. As if they want to keep him over there as their goalie of the future. But that being said, his contract does expire at the end of the season. Um you know, I have heard nothing on ter- in terms of uh, contract extension. I know Matt Bay Mitchkoff just signed an extension uh, with SKA. So uh, I would have to imagine that David Poyle would have an interest in getting him over yeah. Milwaukee after yeah. this yeah. season. That's actually what I was just – that's yeah. actually really what – you already answered my question that I was about to ask you before I even had to ask it. This is how <laughs> good this guest is. This is uh, Eric Dene of uh, On the Future. He's answering questions before I can even ask him. And that's how good he is. And so that's that's some really good knowledge there. And that's kind of what I was wondering is, can we actually see Irsal Askarov in Milwaukee in 2022-23 uh, season? It seems like it's possible. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I do think, obviously, he would get a lot more. Uh, maybe not. He probably wouldn't go against the same amount of talent. I don't know if you would agree with that as far as if he is playing in the HL, but at least he'd get more games, he'd get more starts, and get more ice time. Um, I thought it was – go ahead, Rich. I was just going to say, it'll be be a little easier for them to give him coaching and development, you know, being in North America. So That'll be very – that's going to be very interesting to see uh, how that unfolds this offseason. All right, so another good Russian prospect, of course, is Fedor Sveshkov. You already mentioned him. He did have a – uh, at least from what I heard, from what I saw, he he did score a goal in uh, the first game. Uh, you know, the whole uh, narrative around him has been that he's not an offensive upside type of forward. He's just a defensive type of guy, and maybe got a little bit of criticism for that. But everything I've seen since he got drafted by the Preds is that he does have some offensive tools to his game as well. So, kind of uh, fill us in, Eric, on Fedor Shvechkov and what you're seeing from him since he's since he was drafted and of course in the uh in the world juniors 
Yeah, you know, certainly he's not going to be a guy who scores 30 goals in the NHL, I don't think. But uh, where he lacks in that department, he'll uh, likely make up for an assist should all go well. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think he's a natural center is where I like him best. And um, he has mostly been playing that in Russia this year. But at the World Juniors, he was kind of alternating between center and wing. Uh, he was on a line with Nikita Chibrikov, who's a Jets prospect, and uh, Kirill Tankov, who's a Penguins prospect. And uh, him and Chibrikov actually play on the same line in the VHL uh, as well. So, uh, you know, that was kind of an unsurprising uh, but interesting development. Um, you know, it's kind of been a similar case with him this season as a scare off too, in that like, he got a few games in the KHL uh, early in the season, but it was limited ice time, you know, 13th forward, which is not bad. You know, he's 18 years old. Like he hasn't played at all, hadn't played at all in the KHL until this season. Um, and, you know, in his draft year, he lit up the MHL, the Russian juniors, but, you know, was still acclimating to, to the VHL as is expected for a teenager. So since then he's been sent down to the VHL, um, you know, since his assignment, his minutes have increased, especially on special teams, which is good. His production has increased, uh, which is good. Uh, I think he's now in 15 games played in the BHL. He's got 11 points. Uh, you know, the concerning thing there is only four of them, I believe, are primary points scored at even strength. But that will come with with more ice time and, and, and as we get yeah. deeper into the season. Um, you know, I think something that's not talked about with him is he switched organizations from his draft year to now. He was with Lada in his draft year, and now he's in the SKA system. And and that is still a big adjustment, especially um, going into a premier organization like yeah. St. Petersburg. So he's an exciting player. I think the thing you have to remember is, you know, not being a goal scorer doesn't mean you're bad with the puck on your stick. He's one of the most creative players uh, when it comes to having the puck on his stick that I've seen in a while. And we saw that at the World Juniors. You know, he, um, you know, something that I think you see a lot in Philip Forsberg, he, uh, he's not going to commit to a zone entry if he doesn't see a way to either retrieve a puck he dumps in. I like that. Or it in I like that comparison. <laughs> he'll circle back. He'll, you know, make a, he'll make a drop pass to his defenseman, right? He'll buy time for his mm -hmm. line mates to get open and he's got the puck skills. He's got the puck protection skills and the puck handling skills uh, to do that. So, yeah, he did score a goal um, in his two games. Uh, you know, what I was most impressed with him, though, was the the primary shot at Sissiatic. He had nine in his two games uh, that he played at the World Juniors, uh, nice. which, is, which is a good number. And uh, that line was, you know, pretty successful possession-wise uh, for Russia. Granted, it was against a very good Sweden team and a lackluster Swiss team. But, yeah. um, you know, I think him and Trevor look good together. So I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, I love, I love, I love what you're saying about his patience because mm -hmm. being such a young player to hear that he already has that trait in his game. That's very, that, that's, that, that's, that's really good to hear there. So i uh, very excited about Fedor Shveshkov. I thought he, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, he's, he's looking really good. He's on a good track. I feel. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and since you have your <clears throat> you have your finger on the pulse of all these guys, I have to ask the question. Um, we know that the Predators right now they're just lacking in the scoring department. Um, we don't really have anybody who can just take over a game, pure shooter, other than Philip Forsberg, some of the other guys. But who, a prospect or two, would you say is like going to fill that role? Like be like be a pure shooter. 
and a goal scorer and who's like closest to making the jump to the a the nhl yeah you know in terms of that department i would say two guys come to mind um the first is uh, luke evangelista who mm-hmm. was a second round pick a couple years ago um did not play in the ohl last season obviously the ohl didn't have a season due to covid uh played a handful of games in the ahl uh looked not great but that was to be expected um i actually spoke to him uh just before his ahl assignment last year and and he he really emphasized the two things he wanted to focus on were his strength and his shot um and that's been really evident this year um you know he's captain of the london knights in the ohl 22 games 21 goals 41 points 115 shots <laughs> in 22 games that's um, i don't care i don't care what league you're playing in that's just yeah. mind-boggling to me yeah i mean he truly is every night a game breaker for them um you could tune into any london knights game at any point uh throughout the night and he's either got a goal or two or you're minutes away from him scoring the overtime winner or the game winner or setting it up whatever it may be and that's power play, even strength, whatever it is. He scored a few shorthanded goal this, goals this year as well. So he's really exciting. Um, he's not the fastest skater. Um, it's clear he's worked on his strength, but I still think there's room to grow there in terms of puck protection and just, um, you know, when you match up against quicker moving defenders who can mirror your actions off the rush better, reacting to that quicker, quicker and getting shots off. But, you know, 21 goals in 22 games in the OHL, again, no matter who you are, is um, – nothing obviously to 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 uh, short change so yeah he's one guy and another is uh you know player in milwaukee who i think a lot of fans are excited about uh is igor afanasiev and um you know i don't want to diminish the year he's had um but i think a lot of fans probably went into this season uh expecting a lot of great things and i think he has been good um milwaukee's been a tough team to read this year they've mm-hmm. Their lineup has been um, very fluid, obviously, with yep. call-ups and injuries and all that stuff. Um, they started the year on a just looking quite awful, actually. Um, yeah. The defense is still not exactly where I think it could be, um, but they're getting better. They've been proved, um, working their way back up the standings. Uh, he has kind of been up and down. You know, some nights I thought he's looked really good. Um, you know, he started the year playing top line minutes alongside Cole Schneider, the Admiral's captain and leading goal scorer. Other nights he's looked not great. You know, he was relegated to the fourth line for a few games, mm-hmm. um, into the bottom six in general for a few more. Uh, but he still put up 12 points in 27 games, which I think is respectable. And he's getting really valuable power play time. And, and Milwaukee rolls their lines pretty evenly. So saying fourth line isn't really necessarily a death right. sentence per se, but um, you know, when he's been out there with guys like Cole Sherwood or Anthony Richard or Cole Schneider or Cody Glass, um, you know, I really think they, those kind of players have allowed his shooting talent to shine. And, um, you know, he's a guy who's not afraid to shoot it from from longer distances, and he's got a really killer wrist shot. So yeah, uh, once I think he kind of pieces together some other parts of his game and continues to develop in Milwaukee, you know, I don't think he's going to be a 30 goal scorer in the NHL next year by any means. But um, eventually when he gets there, uh, I think he's a guy who, uh, you know, if you put the puck on a stick, you can rely on him to put it in the back mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Would sure. you say, would you say that um, it, it, the adjustment come into play over here is what's maybe hampered him a little bit? That's or? a good question. Yeah. I've yeah. thought about that too. 
it's interesting because he actually so he played junior hockey at North America. Obviously, he played in the USHL mm. with Muskegon yep. and then in the OHL right. with Windsor. But then during yeah. COVID, he went over back to the KHL. And um, you know, his World Juniors last year was an interesting tournament. He had a pretty good scoring rate, but he was very for, when I was tracking his games, he was very much a perimeter player in the offensive zone. Um, so I think, yeah, th there's been a lot of movement in his career yeah. in the past few years, and it's um, probably a lot to 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 kind of compensate. But like you know, you know, there's the AHL is really nothing to to kind of you know thumb your nose nose out. It's a fast paced league. Uh, it's a hard hitting league. Um, you know, it's certainly a step below the NHL, but um, and you've it got... takes a lot to get going there. So yeah, you know, and you've got in, time, in your... I think he'll be fine. And in the AHL, you've got a lot of career AHL players mm -hmm. who yeah. might not ever make that jump into the NHL, but they're still making a career out of hockey oh, yeah. in the AHL. And so, I mean, yeah. So for a young player like Afanasiev and many of these prospects that we have very high expectations for, including Philip Tomasino, I mean, I think a lot of people, a lot of Preds fans are seeing Philip Tomasino and they're seeing him just – you know, like look so comfortable out there and they just, they think those just grow on trees or something. Right. It's like, you got to be patient with some of these prospects just because they're not lighting the league on fire and they're not like putting up video game numbers and they're not instantly on the Preds doesn't mean that three or four years from now, they're not going to be a top six player or maybe, you right. know, so we, I think Afanasia falls in that category. At least for me, yeah. he does that. We just got to be a little bit patient with him and that uh, he obviously has the raw talent to uh, to end up being a really outstanding draft pick by this organization. Yeah. All right, so again, we're being uh, joined by Eric Denae of On the Future Preds Prospects, uh, part of SB Nation, the best source for all of your information when it comes to Preds Prospects. Um, if you're a new, to, a new fan to this team and you want to start learning more about the prospects, you need to go follow on the future press prospects right now and get all your information just like me and rich do uh when it comes to this all right so i want to finish it off with this uh so i i'm more focused on the defensive uh core for the preds is when i look at their nhl defensive lineup i don't see any long-term um value for this team out Outside of the obvious, when it comes to Roman Yossi, Alex, Alexander Carrier, of course, Matias Ekholm is still very much in the mix for a few more years. But I mean, I see a lot of fluidity. I, I mean, you've got Mark Borowiecki and Matt Benning; they're both going to be unrestricted free agents. Um, so I'm really focused on defensive prospects for the Preds right now, who might be ready to make that NHL jump for next season maybe not during this season obviously but maybe next season so give us uh maybe on your short list of uh defensive prospects who you see pretty close let's say sure. that we don't let's say that we don't sign Borowiecki and Benning they're not back next year Ben Harper is also an unrestricted free agent I chuckle a little bit because nobody wants him back anyway <laughs> but he is an unrestricted free agent as well and you've got Fleet Myers, of course, which I'm sure he'll be in the mix. But yeah, I really, I'm really interested, uh, Eric, to hear your take on that. Sure, I'll give you, I'll give you two names that come to mind. Uh, the first, I, who I, I think uh, we can probably pencil in as uh, will be the Alex Carrier of next year is um, Jeremy Davies. Uh, right. Davies is a guy who um, 
you know, I spoke to Carl Taylor before the, the Milwaukee season started, and, and he admitted that uh, Davies almost made the opening night roster for Nashville this year. Um, you know, in terms of a numbers game, uh, you know, I'm sure Preds fans won't be happy to hear that it was, you know, <laughs> a combination of Ben Harper and, and Borbieski that probably pushed him out. But um, uh. really, really exciting player, um, similar to Carrie Ann away, uh, very good skater. Um I mean, in the AHL, like he, I think he's probably the most underrated, one of the most underrated defensemen in the AHL. Uh, his point totals this year haven't been crazy. He actually just scored his first goal the other week or just recently. But um, I mean, the way he moves with the puck, it's, it's honestly like wizardry out there in the AHL. And he can skate all the way around the offensive zone without being touched. Uh, Love it. I've seen shifts before of him doing it two, three times in the same shift and and doesn't lose the puck and he got me thinking about Roman Yossi right now exactly and I totally and I totally miss Roman Yossi because he is not (laughs) playing for the Preds but uh you got me sold right now on some Jeremy Davies yeah very similar player um you know not the biggest I think a little under six feet not the most physical but um he's a guy who can run a power play he's a guy who can put pucks on net he's a guy who can lead the rush uh and be a positive in transition so I think he's someone that the coaching staff is is really high on. The front office is really high on. They're really high on in Milwaukee as well. And uh, a guy that I would, I, I mean, I would be shocked if he's not on next year's opening night roster. Nice. Uh, and and to that point, I should add, you know, I think public opinion has probably changed since then. But Jeremy Davies acquired in the PK Subban trade, which. Yeah, said about at the time. Yes, uh, and I, I remember being one of the lone voices on that day, saying, "Look, like this sucks, but Jeremy Davies is a legit NHL caliber prospect, and uh, he's certainly knocking on the door here." So that's one player, and then the second guy uh, that I'll say who is probably not a name that most uh, people kind of springs to their mind, but uh, Swedish defenseman Adam Willsby, who um, all right, the Preds mm-hmm. took. Uh, as an overager uh, a couple years ago uh, in the 2020 draft. Uh, he's playing with Sheleftea over in the Swedish SHL, which is um, the same hometown club as Victor Arvidsson nope. uh, and some other Preds prospects along the way. Uh, Petter Granberg, some may remember. Um, he's playing over there. Um, last season, he was beating out uh, Oilers prospect Philip Broberg for power play time and even strength minutes. And Philip Broberg was a first round pick uh, a few years back. Um, this year, he's continued that. Um, not as much power play time, just as the roster's constructed, but uh, I'm really impressed with his game. Very mobile defender, uh, took serious strides to work on his skating technique. Uh, in between his first draft eligible year and his second draft eligible year, and it's paid off. Um, he closes his gaps extremely well, pivots very well, uh, again, carries the puck well. Uh, you know, he's not going to circle the zone like Yossi or Davies will necessarily, but he's happy to lead the rush. Very quick mover uh, nice. on his feet. Uh, a player I really like, and more importantly, um, Nashville's exclusive negotiating rights with him expire this coming summer so uh that's a that's a um since he was drafted as an overager and out of sweden it's like a two-year thing but uh that's a player that uh, you know i think they're obviously going to make an effort to sign and um 
should they do, uh, you know, it's possible he could stay in Sweden next year. It's possible he could start in Milwaukee. But, um, you know, again, someone I think kind of an underrated name, but a guy I'm really excited about um, that uh, that I really think could be an impact NHL player in the near future. That's awesome. That's nice. good news. I did not expect you to say him. I was, I was, I was waiting. I was waiting for David Ferentz. I was waiting yeah, to hear I that name because that's I, that's who everyone was amped up about. But I like that Adam Willsby. All right, I, I like David Ferentz. I think a few more years in the AHL will will serve him well. Nice. Um, awesome. But yeah, awesome. All right. Well, this has Very been cool. a treat as yes. we welcome back Eric Denae of On the Future. Preds prospects covers all of that for SB Nation, and um, we're very lucky to have you in our market, so we can get caught up mm-hmm. because a lot of us regular Joes can't uh, can't follow all the all of the prospects and all these different leagues across the country. So having someone like you is a is really a true luxury. So thank you so much, Eric, for joining us on episode 92 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton and Rich Howe. We appreciate everyone listening tonight. We will, of course, see you next Monday for a brand, brand new episode, so stay tuned for that. Everyone have an awesome weekend, and have a happy new year. 2022 is here, believe it or not. So everyone have a happy new year. The next episode will be in a brand new year. Stay tuned for that. And Happy New Year, everyone.